We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Welcome to church one more time. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. This is the first Sunday in this month of overcoming all. The month of March is a very special month for us because this month we celebrate, right, 18 years as a ministry. Praise the Lord. <laughs> 18 years ago, my friend, this same time, I was nervous when the Lord, you know, when we asked to go start a church. My goodness, how time flies. And I'm so grateful for all that God has done in the past 18 years. Now, you mark your diary. Next week, you know, great things are happening on Wednesday, on Thursday, uh, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. We have a five-day program designed to celebrate Jesus for the 18th years we have been in ministry. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being in service today. And if this is your first time in service, today, tonight... 7 o'clock, Pastor Bola and I will want to uh, welcome you, receive you, and give you a gift. So if you go to gatewaychapel.org.uk forward slash VIP, that's what you are, a very important person. All right, so we are so grateful that you are in service today. We would like to host you to a reception, all right, so 7 p.m. tonight, 7 p.m. GMT, all right. So you go onto that website, that's our website, put in your details, and I will send you my, my private meeting room on Zoom, all right. The Lord bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Thank you because the entrance of your word brings light. Lord, I thank you because you will illuminate our spirit today. Thank you for this month. I thank you, Father, because indeed, Lord, everyone under the sound of my voice will overcome all this month by your spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Welcome to church, my brother and my sister. The Lord bless you. Now, today I'm kicking off a new series which I have titled, How to Release Your Faith. How to Release Your Faith. Oh my goodness. And uh, it just ties into the theme of the month, which is overcoming all. And that's from 1 John chapter 5. Say, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I pray that you will overcome all this month in the name of Jesus. And so we're looking at how to release your faith. This is, I'm going to just take time to teach you, okay? Because this is one of my favorite subject matter as a Christian. I am telling you, understanding how to release your faith is very, very important. Faith that is in the heart cannot accomplish anything. Faith that is in your head that cannot accomplish anything until you release your faith. Oh, you may never experience the promises of God. My goodness. You have to learn to release your faith. And that is what I am going to be teaching you. <laughs> that is all I'm going to be teaching you. That's what all I'm going to be teaching you this month. All right, you get ready for the transformation of your life in the name of Jesus. You know, 18 years ago, the same time, the Lord gave me a promise. Gave me a promise of a, of, of a global ministry. 
It said that God told me that nations will come. Nations will come from all over the world, right, to this ministry. And, and then, you know what? I, I, I received the word of God, but I had to release my faith to experience it. And so I'm going to be teaching you exactly how to do that, do that. Many of us know scriptural promises of God. We know. You know the scriptures. Uh, we know the scriptural promises that God has given to us in almost every area of our, of our lives. But whether we actually experience it or not is a different thing. And so it's not enough to have a mental knowledge of scriptures. But until you release your faith, you may never experience it. So what is faith? Briefly, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Take notes, all right, because you need to develop this skill, the skill, the spiritual skill of raising your faith so you can enjoy the promises. The actualization of the promises of God depends on your ability to release your faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. For the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Do you have a hope? Do you hope for things? Do you hope for the premises of God? It says, but also it is the evidence of things that are not seen. It says, by this, by it, that is by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith. The elders obtained a good testimony. One translation says, the elders obtained a good report. Do you want a good report from your hope? Then you must learn to release your faith. You must work to release your faith to obtain God's promises. Scriptural knowledge is not enough guarantee for obtaining the promises of God. But it's a great start. But you have to learn to release your faith. Now, five reasons why you do need faith. Five reasons why you need faith. Okay? One, faith is the only way to please God. Faith is the only way to please God. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. If you cannot please God... That means that you may never experience the actualization of his promises in certain areas. Faith, the Bible says, say, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that God is, and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we seek God by faith. So faith is the only way we please God. Number two, faith can keep you alive when things are tough. Faith can keep you alive when things are tough. Hebrews 11.31. The Bible says, By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the, 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 the spies with peace. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. In other words, by faith, Ahab received the spies. She protected them, and she ensured that they did not come to any harm. All right? 
And so the Bible says she did all that by faith because she believed in the promises of God for the, which the spies presented to her. So faith can keep you alive when things are tough. When things are hard, your faith can keep you alive. Number three, faith can stop you from sin. The Bible says in Romans 14, 23, but, you, you, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. That's number three. Faith can stop you from sin. Whatever is not from faith is sin, the Bible says, Romans 14, 23. So faith can stop you from sin. Number two, faith can keep you alive when things are tough. Number one, faith is the only way to please God. Number four, faith attracts what you desire. Faith attracts what you desire. Matthew chapter 9, verse 28 and 29. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith, let it be to you. According to the faith that you have released, let it be to you. So faith attracts what you desire. You need, to master the, you need to master the skill of releasing your faith. Praise the Lord. The Bible says they believed him, so they came to him. They believed him and they came to him. And so Jesus asked them, asked them, do you believe? He said, well, we're here. We believe. And then he touched their eyes and he says, according to your belief, according to your belief, Oh, my goodness, my friend, I pray for a divine turnaround in your faith life in the name of Jesus. I pray for the increase in your faith life in the mighty name of Jesus. And so the Bible says, it says, according to your faith, let it be to you. Praise the Lord. Number five, faith is your shield against demonic and satanic arrows. Whether you believe it or not, there are satanic arrows. The Bible says that we do not wage war against flesh and blood, but we do, but we do wage war. We do wage war. What kind of war do we wage? We wage spiritual war. We wage spiritual wars. And so the Bible says that. And it says we do not wage war against flesh and blood, says, but we do wage war against principalities and powers. We do, wage, we do wage war, spiritual war, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You can doubt that if you want. But a lot of people are stagnant today because a lot of people are stagnant today. They're not moving forward in their lives. Things are not happening because they don't know that they are in, they are, they are in a spiritual warfare. You can't speak grammar over spiritual warfare. You have to learn how to arrest the forces of the evil one concerning your life. That's why Ephesians 6.16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Whether you believe it or not, there are fiery darts of the wicked one. There are fiery darts of the wicked one. I'm telling you, let me just share a personal testimony with you on that. <laughs> fiery darts of the wicked one. If many, many years ago, I was, when I was in the corporate environment working, 
I, 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 was, I was placed on a project. And uh, it was a project I really, really liked. And um, so along with some other contractors in that, on that project, I was a full-time employee, right? So on that project, they, there were a few other, uh, a few other um, contractors, you know, who were, who were not employees of the organization, but they were hired, you know, of course. And then one day, one, one, gentleman, one gentleman, I'm not sure, he just didn't like me, you know, and then um, he went and, um, I don't know what he told the project manager. Uh, the project manager, you know, came to me and said, you know, Eddie, uh, we don't need you on this project anymore. I said, but you can't, but you can't say that I'm an employee, you know. You, if the project manager was a contractor, the head consultant, consultant was a contractor, and they were, get, trying to, they were getting rid of an employee from a project, me, employee. And the guy went ahead to call my practice manager and said, we don't want Eddie on the project. And the practice manager asked, asked him, what, what has he done? He said, eh, well, he's not done anything. We just don't think that we want him on the project. Guess what? They, they recalled me. They recalled me. Can you believe that? A project I loved so much, I really needed that experience, and they got rid of me as an employee. A contractor got rid of an employee. If that's not a satanic attack, I don't know what is. Now, let me also share another one with you about fiery darts. You know, a few years, many years ago, in fact, in fact, 18 years ago precisely, <laughs> exactly the year the church started, I was working on a major project. And then during my lunch time, I decided I was, I, was, I was pastoring and I was working full time. So during my lunch time, I decided to send myself, I was praying for service. It was during my lunch time. And I was writing um, my sermon on the communion, <laughs> talking about uh, <laughs> eating his flesh and drinking his blood. So, so I emailed, I emailed, the, I, I wrote that article, wrote that sermon, right, and then emailed it to myself. And then after, after sending it to myself, less than five minutes, I got an email from, from HR. They said the director of, uh, the project director wants to see me. So... I went to I went went to see him, and then I got there. There were three other people on the on the on the panel. There was already a panel, so three of them they sat down, and I said I knew I was I knew the devil was in trouble the moment I walked in. So I sat down, and I said, Mr. Edwards, uh, about a few few uh, half an hour ago you sent uh, an email out. You know we don't quite understand what the email was about, but it has something to do with uh, flesh and uh, eating flesh and drinking blood. I'm thinking, my goodness, how did they know that? Apparently, the software, <laughs> the company software has a, uh, that sermon triggered something in the company software, and then they, they, they intercepted it and then read it, and then, you know. I said, have you been reading my, have you been reading my emails? I said, no, 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 of course. You know we have a sophisticated system that tracks this thing, and so, and uh, um, I, basically, we're going to get rid of me. Before they said, before they, before they could finish, I just got up. I said, gentlemen, thank you very much. It's been a very, it's been a nice seven with you here. And um, I think my time is up now. I may, I may have to leave. I just got up, grabbed my bag, took my, and, I, and I left. And I left because I just didn't want them to get rid of me. All right? Now, that same weekend, it so happened. That same week, it so happened that the weekend before that, we had just moved into a new house. Can you imagine that? I had just increased, doubled my mortgage, moved, to a, moved into a bigger house, and then the family was excited. 
and I came back, I lost my contract. You can't tell me that there's no fiery darts. Don't tell me that. It would be pediatric of you to think that, you know, there's no, there no such cause spiritual warfare. So the Bible says, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, so faith is your shield against satanic and demonic arrows. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Praise the Lord. And so, and so I've just shared with you five reasons why you need faith. Five reasons why you need faith. Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I want you to take this as a, as a school of faith, all right? I don't want your mind wandering. You need this message. Because it doesn't matter how much of God's promises you know, my friend, until you know how to activate and raise your faith, you can be grounded for a very long time. And then you will think that, you will think that God is unable to answer you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. It says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Oh my God. Even though we can't see it, even though we can't see it, but God has revealed it to us through his spirit. He said, how? He said, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Eyes have not seen it. Eyes have not seen it. Praise the Lord. It says, nor ear heard. Your eyes have not seen it. Your ears have not heard it. He said, but however, there, there are things that your eyes have not seen. There are things that your ears have not heard. How be it they are already in the spirit of God. And God and your spirit searches the spirit of God to identify the things that have been freely given to you, my goodness. It takes faith. You've got to release your faith to activate the things that your eyes have not seen nor your ears heard. My God. My God. You've got to release your faith to activate the things that your eyes have not seen. You know, I always tell people, what you see is not all there is. What you see is not all there is. That's why a lot of people struggle. They struggle to give. They struggle to tithe because all they see is physical. But the Bible says, eyes have not seen, nor ear heard the things that God has reserved for those who love him. He said, but however, they have been, rele they have been released to us. They have been revealed to us. 
by his spirit. And our spirit man searches the spirit of God, the deep things of the spirit of God to access the things that have been freely given to us that our eyes cannot see, that our ears cannot hear naturally. My God. My God. What you see is not all there is. What you see is not all there is. A lot of people see stagnation, but it's not all there is. A lot of people see limitation, but it's not all there is. A lot of people hear death and decay, but it's not all there is. It's not. It's not. My friend, you've got to learn the place of faith and how to release it. If not, you can believe a lie. Let's look at scriptures. Isaiah chapter 54. Oh my God, I'm having a good time today. I love this. I love this. <laughs> Listen to this. 18 years ago, when we, when this church started, we were renting, we were using a, um, uh, a community hall, a community hall. And the church started with only seven people. Two men, five women. I remember praying one day, and the Lord said that this church will be a great, he said, my church will be a great church. Not me, his church. That's God speaking to me now. Say, son, my church, talking about him, God, will be a great church in this area. He said, your sons and daughters, they will come from very far. He said, nations will come. My goodness, what God was saying and my reality were two different things. And so, every Sunday morning, <laughs> every Sunday morning, before I come to church, I will drive around the neighborhood. My goodness, it was so depressing. It was so depressing. I used to ask the Lord, Lord, where would the people come from? Where would the people come from? There's no activity in this area. They don't even know that there's a church in this area. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you're my sons, your sons and your daughters. They will come from afar. I had to make, it, I had to, I had to make a choice. Whether to believe what I, what I was looking at in the environment or to believe what I was hearing in my spirit. What you see is not all there is. What you hear is not all there is. You've got to learn to release your faith and believe what God says. Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 3. 1 through to 3. Sing, O barren. <laughs> Sing, O barren. Wow, that sounds funny. It sounds funny. Sing, O barren. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Sing, O barren. He didn't say sing, you who have kids. He says, sing. 
you who have been written off. Sing, you who is unable to have kids. Sing, you, you who feel that everything around you right now is dry and unproductive. It says sing. It says sing. It doesn't make sense. It says you who have not born. It says break, up, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child. For many, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Are you serious? Are you serious? I'm believing God for a child. I should be singing and dancing? Eh? I am believing God for a child. I should be singing and dancing? Does it make sense? I have not conceived, but I have many children. He says, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. I have not even conceived, and you are telling me I have children? Does that make sense? My friend, what you see is not all there is. Look at verse 2. It says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. He said, when you are enlarging the place of your tent, do not spare. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. I should be looking into buying a big house even though I don't have children? I said I'm believing God for a child. You are telling me to go get a bigger house. How does that work? How does that work? You are telling me I, I, should, I should be planning a redecoration when I'm saying I am believing you for a child. If I tell people what I'm thinking, will they not think I'm crazy? Here am I living in a two-bedroom apartment, and I'm, I, I'm believing you, believing God for a child, and then I'm telling my, 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 my friends, oh, I need to buy a five-bedroom house because uh, my children are on the way. Does that make sense? Will I, not, will I not look weird celebrating like I have children when in reality I don't? Will, that, will I not look weird? Will I not come across as crazy singing and dancing and looking at, looking at bigger houses, looking to redecorate, choosing colors and buying baby things when, when I don't have kids? Will they not think they will not think that, 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 that I'm going crazy. How do I explain my behavior to my friends? When in reality, I don't have children, but I'm behaving and excited like I have them. Mm. Reality. 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 Mm. What is reality? What is reality? There is your physical reality. There is your physical or visible reality. And then there is your spiritual reality. There is your spiritual reality. Your spiritual reality rides on the wings of your faith. 
That's why Jesus will always ask, do you believe I can make you whole? Your spiritual reality rides on the wings of your faith, which you must release. It's obvious from this scripture that God is talking about a different kind of reality. If not, how do you tell someone believing God for a child to go on a redecoration program? Does it make sense? Why will you ask a barren woman to go singing and dancing? Does it make sense? Verse 3 says, you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Ha! It's very difficult for someone believing God for a child to see that her descendants will inherit the earth, will inherit nations. It's very difficult. It's very difficult for someone believing God for a child to see that her great children, her, grand, her children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren will, will inherit nations. It's difficult for someone believing God, for someone who is unemployed, to see that they can become the captain of their industry. It's difficult. It's difficult. But you've got to see with the eyes of faith and tap. In, with your spirit, tap into the things that have been freely given to you by God in your spirit. What you see is not all there is. It's difficult for someone with a bad credit, with a bad credit history, to see that they will own houses. It's difficult. On your, in your natural reality, it is difficult. In your visible reality, it's difficult. But in your spiritual reality, Ah, in your spiritual reality, it is very possible. And so when we talk about reality, what kind of reality are you talking about? What realm do you live in? Do you live in the natural realm alone, or do you live in a spiritual, supernatural realm? God must be talking about a spiritual, a spiritual realm. If not, why should a barren woman be dancing and singing when she's believing God for a child? In fact, Romans chapter 4 verse 17 says, I have made you a father of many nations. Romans 4 17. I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God calls those things which do not exist as though they did in the spiritual realm. Abraham was called father of many nations way before Sarah conceived. Way before. Way before. Way before Sarah conceived. I am talking about how to release your faith. It's not what you know about faith that matters. What matters is how much of that faith is released on the back of what you heard in the spirit. Abraham was called the father of many nations way before Sarah conceived. What reality was that? Natural reality? Or a spiritual reality? What realm are you in? 
What guides you? What perspective of life do you have, my friend? What perspective of life do you have, my brother? Joel chapter 3, verse 10. It says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. He says, let the weak say, I am strong. What kind of reality is that? Is that a natural reality or a spiritual reality? Eyes have not seen Yes, have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has for those who love him. However, it has been released, re revealed to us by his spirit. Yes, his spirit. Eyes have not seen, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Let the weak say, I am strong, not I'm going to die. Your natural realm says, let the weak say, oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, we don't have enough. Oh my God, I am barren. Oh my God, they're going to chuck me out of the nations because I don't have my papers. Oh my God, I'm so unemployed, I deserve an award. Is it no? That's your natural reality. You see, but in the school of faith, we deal with spiritual reality. Let the weak say. Let the weak say. Let the weak say. I am strong. The word of God tells the barren woman to rejoice. Not because of what she can see. No, but because of what is loaded in her spirit realm. Eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. But God has revealed them to us not in our natural reality, but in our spiritual reality. What do you feel, my friend? What do you sense, my friend? Do you feel your natural reality or do you feel your spiritual reality? Let the weak say, I am strong. To the barren woman to rejoice. Let the weak say, I am strong. Not because of my natural reality, but because of what is loaded in my spirit. I say I am strong, not because of my natural reality, but because of what is loaded in my spirit. I am governed. My utterances are governed. My reactions are governed. My thoughts are governed. My behavior is governed by what I see and hear in my spirit and not my natural reality. Natural reality sucks. Natural reality sucks. Many years ago, we, when we went full-time, I went full-time in ministry, gave up 
a lot, but nothing compared to what Jesus gave up for me. Gave up a lot, but nothing compared to what Paul gave up. And in one occasion, I mean, back in the day, then, oh my, before I went full time, my kids, my kids then, they used to have like, like for breakfast, we used to have like seven cereals, seven different types and categories of cereals. I mean, I remember one particular day, my son, I'm sure you know the story by now, my son opened the fridge, and then he looked at the fridge, the fridge was empty, and then he looked at me and said, Dad, I said, yes, son. I said, what are you looking at? He said, I'm looking at the fridge. Dad, I said, yes. Are we skint? I said, what is the meaning of skint? He said, are we skint? Never heard a word in my entire life. I said, what do you mean? He said, Dad. I said, yes. He said, there is nothing in the fridge. <laughs> oh, brakabazadarabayande. And an opportunity to introduce my son to the school of faith. So I went to the fridge. I opened the fridge. Both of us were staring at the fridge. I said, what do you mean there's nothing? I said, the fridge is full. Can't you see? You can't see? This fridge is full right now. You can't see it. What do you mean skins? What, do you, what, do, what does skins mean? Can't you see how full this fridge is? I said, my friend. So I shut the fridge. He looked at me. Strange. Well, shrugged. And went away. Less than an hour later, the, bell, the doorbell went off. And then someone came in and said, oh, pastor, I just went shopping. And while I was shopping, I just, I, I, you just came to mind. I just remembered you. And so I brought these items. I just said, I should just, you know, do a little bit of shopping for you, Pastor. On, on, totally unaware of the conversation I just had with my son regarding the uh, full fridge. <laughs> and then they brought the, brought the items in. Within a few minutes, the fridge was loaded up. So I called my son again. I called, I said, I called him again. I said, come, let's go to the fridge. We opened it. I said, what did I tell you? I said, my friend, you need to see. You need to see. You need to see. You need to see that the vision that God has given you is real. You need to see that the dream that you have in your heart is real. You need to see that all the resources to make that dream happen is already here. You need to see. Let the weak say, I am strong. Praise the Lord. If you see what is loaded in the spirit concerning you, my friend, you will break out in dancing. If you see what is loaded in the spirit concerning you in the spiritual realm, you will break out dancing. You will break out rejoicing. My God, if you see what is loaded in the spirit concerning your children, you will break out dancing. If you see what is loaded in the spirit concerning your immigration status, you will break out dancing. You will break out dancing. 
If you see what is loaded in your spirit concerning that marriage, you'll be patient. You will be patient. Eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. My friend, you need to see. I want to stop there today. I want to stop there today and continue. Whatever you do, do not miss this school of faith. You are blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your children. Lord, I pray, oh God, that let faith arise in their hearts right now. Touch their eyes. Touch their ears. Open them up to a new reality in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.